girls, children of all ages. I made the journey from the kitchen, two flights of stairs up to my attic. It's your boy, the nonprofit sector connected. The show is called Philanthropy and Focus. I'm called Tommy D. I call myself the nonprofit sector connector. It is my mission to let you all know the incredible work that nonprofits do each and every day. And it's my passion, man. This is what I'm doing. This is it. 50 more years on this planet is my expectation, unless they figure out some other longevity. I don't know. Maybe I need green juice in my life, Vince Santilli. Maybe it's that. Maybe I can last more than 50 years. But 94 at this point in my life seems like a pretty good number. And that's a lot of episodes of this program. And that's if I only do it on Fridays. Forget about when I can do this more often. I want to tell you that nonprofits change our world. I want to show you that nonprofits change our world. And if you didn't know, that's what we're going to do here. Two things every week. I help these organizations tell their story and amplify their message. Those dramatic pauses, they're so exciting. That's why I do them like that, to trick you all. I'm having fun doing this show. I'm fired up specifically. It is July 1st, 2022. If you're watching on Facebook, well, you can see that I have my United States Uncle Sam hat on. I did not get the full outfit yet. Amazon and all its great work and some of its not so great work. Didn't get the costume here on time, so... Shout out to CVS getting a hat last minute like I needed them to hook me up with. Uh, If you're not watching and you're only listening right now, well, just picture a guy with great long black hair and uh, and an Uncle Sam hat, red, white, and blue, the flag in the background, the on-air sign is on. I decided a month or so ago that every episode of Philanthropy and Focus this month will feature another organization serving veterans. Check out these statistics really quick. I want to give you something. Let's, uh, let's give a little context to how many veterans there actually are in this country. It, it's, it's really, it had, it had me very, uh, it's surprising. I didn't know this. I made this, I, I looked at this last week and, and bring it up again. 17.4 million or 6.86% of the 254 million Americans over the age of 18, 17.4 million are veterans. What are the biggest challenges that veterans struggle with? Well, you may or may not know this, but unemployment, personal relationships with themselves, homelessness, physical challenges from from injuries. um, And then, as many of us know, challenges around mental health, PTSD. This goes back for many, many, many generations. But we you know, we are now more aware of this. And tragically, as many of the guests this month are going to talk about, you know, whether it's directly spoken about or whether it's the services they provide to support individual veterans and and groups of veterans, is this tragedy of veterans taking their own lives, that they need, these folks need support. We all need support, I say it. But when you've seen things that these individuals have seen, they need often more support. And it's, it's about us getting out there. It's about us being involved with organizations that are doing this incredible work. So without further ado, before I read some bio on you, Vince, which I'm going to do because there are 100 accolades and I'm only going to go through 99 of them. But Vince, welcome to my show. Welcome to my attic. How are you today? We are doing tremendous, Tommy, and uh, just thrilled to be with you. We appreciate the opportunity and you already got me fired up. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I keep my kids will like this. They like it when you do like the muscle man thing. <laughs> All right. So let me tell you about Vince. And then we're going to talk about the organization. What we do every week on this show is we talk about the leader, their background. We talk about the organization, their programs, the impact they're making. And always what is probably what I would say the most fun for me is where are you going? What type of connections do you need and how can we help? But you really can't do that part until we do the first three parts. So let's do that right now. Previously to his role as CEO and executive director of Homes for the Brave, Vince Santilli held multiple leadership roles in his 30 plus year career with People's United Bank as first vice president of retail and business banking division there. But you know what? Important it is, of course, but let's hear this. He's, he was the executive director of the $51 million People's United Community Foundation. Of course he was. He runs an organization that serves veterans. So, of course, he was involved with philanthropy. He's active in his community as a member of Senator Chris Murphy's Veterans Advisory Council, a member of the Economics and Finance Advisory Committee for Sacred Heart. Shoe, right? Sacred Heart's uh, John F. Welch College of Business and previously served as the chairman of the Welch College's advisory board. My buddy Timmy Resnick was, uh, was a ball player at Sacred Heart many, many moons ago, because we're, we're old guys, but he uh, he played ball up there a long time ago. We'd, we'd gone up to visit a bunch. Um, there's other things I wanted, I could mention, but I want to skip ahead to a couple things like this. 
um, involved with Special Olympic soccer program, was the head girls basketball coach at St. Martin de Porres Academy in New Haven, and then became the assistant coach on the staff of the University of Bridgeport's Purple Knights women's basketball team under head coach Mike West, right? So maybe we're going to talk a little college ball because you're really, you have a plenty of a background of your own, like in this world of, of being on the radio and doing shows. Cause for 19 seasons, you were a co-host on the show college hoops talk. So you've done this stuff before. So maybe, maybe you should interview me one, one time about something. Vince, you have so much background in the space. You're, you're a, a leader in your community. Tell me your story and tell me how somebody who is in the banking world realizes that the next episode is to get more involved in nonprofit and lead an organization. Let's just start there. Well, thank you, Tommy, <laughs> for the great introduction. You know, some things you just can't plan. And so I was really fortunate to be with a wonderful organization, People's Bank, then became People's United Bank. And um, and there was always a tremendous emphasis on community service and, you know, doing what's right in our communities and not just waiting to see what other banks did, but us taking that first step when things happened and when people were in need. So that was just something. And I, as I evolved in my career from, you know, branch management to regional management and, and running the in-store branches across the footprint, which did get me to Long Island quite a bit, um, they just things evolved. And, and then, you know, we ended up running the community foundation and having the opportunity to go all across the six states, Connecticut and five others, Connecticut, New York and Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, and see what great organizations were doing, especially in the inner cities, but throughout those states. And so that was just exciting to learn that way. And when things happened later, I then found myself in between careers. Uh, I had the opportunity. I, I still continue to do work in and for Haiti. And so my college priest, uh, you know, has been a huge influence on everything I've done since I was 18 years old, basically. And, you know, so I serve Hands Together, an organization that's headquartered in Massachusetts. And so, you know, for several months. And so that enabled me to learn a lot. And then, you know, the former CEO here of Homestead of Rape was retiring and I applied for the job along with, I don't know, 400 and something other people. And and here we are. But the interesting thing, this is a, just an incredible organization. And this has always been. It opened in 2002. I have been here as a volunteer on the Sunday before Christmas every single year since it opened. So, you know, when the CEO role became available, I said, wow, that's just an awesome place. You know, I, I know the organization and let me just see if maybe I can get a shot at having the opportunity to run it. That's awesome. I, I, you know, thank you for sharing all that. And I have a lot of questions around, you know, philanthropy and the banking side of things. But, you know, the thing for me is I, I have the opportunity. I'm involved with the Long Island Imagine Awards and the New York City Imagine Awards, which my friend Ken Serini founded and his firm runs those awards. And I had the opportunity to interview three of the semifinalists in the New York City Imagine Awards within the last two weeks and then do a write up on on uh, on those um, on those three organizations. And the thing that's really standing out for me is, and I've, I've been involved, air quotes, involved with nonprofit for, say, the last five, five or six years in one way, shape, or form. And nonprofits are businesses. 501c3 is a tax status. 501c3, and I'm quoting somebody who was quoting somebody else <laughs> this week, that's not a business model. 501c3 is not a business model. It, you know, so I was connecting with somebody who um, is now a semifinalist in, in the New York City Imagine Awards. And the background of the leadership of this organization, they're business folks, you know, that are running a business that just happens to have this tax status. And I think them, and they're talking, what a great conversation around venture philanthropy and how there's different ways of going about this, you know, what gets me, Vincent, I'm just going to say it, where we're much of the nonprofit 
I see sometimes is, is a mindset of scarcity. And I, and I just wonder if the, you know, other businesses don't operate that way. Other businesses operate from an abundance. Let's solve the problem. And I'm not knocking all nonprofits. So I love all of you guys. So don't get mad at me. I'm just saying it's, if we can look at it from a different mindset. And often when I see folks who come from for-profit and then go into nonprofit, I see an interesting conversation and an interesting dialogue that starts to open up. I don't have all the answers. I have met, I probably only have a few of the answers, everybody. I'm just learning. But my point of telling you all this is there's many different ways to view this. And I think if we as a sector can approach things from more of an abundance mentality, and I, and you know what, there's a lot of unfair situations about the way things are set up. You know, certain corporations or philanthropists want to see that things are done a specific way when they, there needs to be trust philanthropy. There's a lot here, Vince, and I'm not putting this on you, but I just bring this up as a, as an angle of, you know, coming from the business world, running businesses to running a nonprofit. Is it really all that different than like you're bringing those, that business acumen to the nonprofit sector, right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely, Tommy. And what, Again, we knew we were going to have struggles. And, and when we got here, two homes to the brave, just doing incredible work. You know, our budget was a little under $1.7 million in 2016 when I arrived. And we knew we had to have a lot of disciplines around expense control, which we continue to have. But at the same time, even when I was at the bank, you know, I always... You know, I remember growing up, my mom and dad always kind of saying, well, you have to spend money to make money. So <laughs> so at the same point, I said, you know, OK, we've got to maintain those disciplines. But at the same time, I think we have to really pay a great deal of attention to revenue generation. And so that's what we've done. You know, the organization at that time had two major fundraisers in any given year. And, you know, and they were doing very well. But, you know, and, and right now, Tommy, to be honest, I mean, I get plenty of criticism every time we turn around, you know, you guys are doing another event. And I'm like, well, yeah, we are. We've got to keep the wheels turning. We've got to keep the lights on. We've gone in, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later from in just the last three or four months from three locations and three facilities to six. And so all that, it doesn't happen for free. Okay. We started a clinical program in 2019, which to some extent was a leap of faith. And so all those things, you know, you have to be able to generate the dollars. So when we do have a fundraiser and we have a huge one coming up, every time we step into the batter's box, we got to hit a home run. Singles and doubles are good, but we pretty much have to hit a home run. And we've been just so blessed and fortunate that there's a lot of people out here in Connecticut and beyond that have really kind of grasped what we do and have then, you know, stepped up to the plate and really helped us a great deal. We're just so fortunate. All right. Thank you for pointing all that out. And all of those baseball references, home runs, singles, doubles, knock it out of the park, batter's box. We have to, I got to shout out a couple of people who are listening in, but first of all, we need to establish something between you and I, I am going to say three words. Let's go Mets. How does that land upon you, Santilli? Well, you know what? I have two sons. One of them is just a huge Mets fan. So, and and the other one's Yankee. So I, I really can't go wrong either way in my house. All right. Were you raised? Were you raised one or the other? Being in Connecticut or what? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, um, guess what? We're looking at a very good possibility of a subway series. I'm telling you. And, I, you know, a couple of people I want to shout out. My friend Robert Rosner down in Atlanta, who every time I see him has to remind him he's in the city of the World Series champion Atlanta Braves. He reminds us of that. My buddy Mick Collins, who checks into the show all the time, who's a big supporter, who is also a veteran. Thank you, Mick, on, you know, for your service, obviously. Mick, I got to introduce you to Mick, Vince, because he runs a company called Payered Forward Processing, which is a merchant uh, credit card processing that gives back their net proceeds to charities through uh, every swipe benefits charity. They've been on the show. Renee uh, from his organization who founded the organization has been on philanthropy and focus because they have a, 
they have a foundation. We'll talk about that, but I just wanted to make the baseball. You were joking about baseball. The thing about this, because you were saying all those references, the thing about this is, and, and Mick's going to tell me this is exactly right, the last time there was a Subway Series that did, did not go so well for the Metsies in back in uh, the year 2000, but it is, uh, it is a new generation, although the Yankees look real good this year too. We're going to go to a quick break. We come back. I want to talk about three facilities going to six facilities, Vince. I want to talk about the programs that the organization does, the, the, the focus uh, on mental health and, and clinical, as you started to talk about there. There's so much we need to get into. I want to really tell folks about the work that's getting done and, and, and as well as some of the stories about the people that you've served. How's that sound? Awesome. All right, good. We will be right back. Philanthropy and Focus in my attic. Tommy D, right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. All right, so Vince, I don't know if you'd ever heard that song before. It's um, what's the awards? The Grammys. It'll probably win a Grammy one day. You know, the the nonprofit sector connector philanthropy and focus theme song. I, I don't know if they have Grammys for for radio shows from an attic, but. If they do, I think we should we should win. But I'll tell you this: I was with my friend Brendan Levy, who I call Uncle Brendan because I love the man and uh, he's like family to me. And we were at Belmont Racetrack yesterday for the Bayside Business Association, which is an organization I, I serve on the board of. But we were at the track and we were laughing because we sort of wrote that song together. We wrote the lyrics together. <laughs> But like now there's this whole like battle of who actually owns the rights. I'm just kidding. There's no battle about who owns the rights to that song. But we were just joking. He's like, we got to redo it. I go, Brendan, it sounds great. I've used it for 75 episodes. We're good. We're, we just go, no, we should get in the studio and re-record it. So we'll see. Maybe we're going to re-record the song. But look, let's get right back into this. So your, your background, um, you know, banking, obviously very involved in the community. This opportunity, one of 400 applications in for this leadership role at Homes for the Brave. When you get there, the budget is about $1.7 million. Three facilities. When you say facilities, let's talk. It's, it's in the name, Homes for the Brave. But let's tell everybody what the organization is actually doing. Awesome. Okay. Our namesake facility is home to the brave and that is our headquarters right here on park avenue bridgeport it has staff offices as well as our 42-bed men's transitional house that's kind of unique because many nonprofits, you know your clients come to you in our case we're serving and our offices are right there in our gentleman's house and that house has 42 beds as i mentioned Five are for Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services clients. The other 37 are all allocated to and for veterans. This house opened in 2002. We're about to celebrate our 20th anniversary in the next couple of months. 
Then in 2005, Homestead of Rape opened Waldorf House. That is a nine bed permanent house about five minutes away from here in the Black Rock section of Bridgeport. Um, it is veterans preferred and it has become a permanent residence. We have, you know, gentlemen that have lived there 10 or 12 years or more. And so it's very nice. They pay 27% of their income for rent. Uh, if they have no income, then they live rent free. And that's how that works. In 2011, Homestead of Rave opened a gorgeous house called the PFC Nicholas A. Medeiros House for Female Veterans. That is still, it's the first and still the only home in the state of Connecticut exclusively for female veterans and their young children. It has 14 beds and uh, 10 are allocated to and for veterans four for overflow and for children. And we actually have a young um, female veteran with a three month old, oh. beautiful baby there right now. Oh and I God. love the dynamic when there's children. I was just there earlier this morning and it, you know, it's just awesome to see because, you know, the young ladies are, are on their best behavior and everybody tries to do their little part to support, you know, the young mom and, and, you know, all the, things that she has to do to help uh, keep this, you know, this child and, and safe and, and so forth and so on. Wow. So that's where we were until about three months ago. I mentioned these three facilities, they're all in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and all that has just radically changed in the year 2022. So, we, I know a little bit about how it's changed, but, you know, it's funny when we were talking before the show and we talked earlier this week, you said, you know, Tommy, if we had had the show a year ago, we were this organization with these three buildings and, and that's what we were. So you've made this incredible advancement. I have a lot of questions. I want to talk about the residents and things and how they get services. And um, you know what, let me do that now. And then we'll talk about where the new buildings and things and what, what might be coming up. That sounds great. Where where are these folks before Homes for the Brave finds them? Where are they before they find Homes for the Brave? I mean, I, 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 I'm sort of setting you up for an answer. I think I know, but please, what, where are they coming from? Well, it, it depends. And they're coming from all different places. I mean, a lot of people just assume, you know, they're going to come here and they're going to see, you know, a bunch of 20-something guys out in the backyard doing push-ups and, and so forth. And in reality, when they come around, you know, here in the men's house, we have gentlemen in their 20s, we have gentlemen in their 80s, and everything in between. We have gentlemen that have raised a family, have been working, and then something happened. It could be a mental health situation, it could be the loss of a job, it could be incarceration. And all those then lead to episodes of homelessness, which we try to make very temporary episodes. And it's important to point out that here in the men's transitional house, 20 to 25% of our gentlemen are coming to us from the correction system. There's 20, to, 20 to 25%. Okay. Yes, sir. At any given time, yeah. we'll be coming directly from incarceration. And so, you know, there we have to help them get back in the game. Yeah, they get stabilized in mentally, physically, etc. Help them find employment, generate an income. We have a spectacular vocational program. We also have a clinical program, which I alluded to earlier that we began in 2019. Previous to that, our veterans would have to go to the VA Medical Center, typically in West Haven, sometimes in Newington, once in a while the Bronx in order to get mental health treatment. And in 2019, in January, we brought on board a spectacular young woman by the name of Dr. Stephanie Lynham. She is our chief clinical officer. She's a clinical psychologist. And she actually came to us. We hired her from the VA. And I, I just can't imagine how, how we survived and operated previous to that because she's been able to treat addictions, PTSD, and so many of the you know, items that our gentlemen and women in our female house are dealing with. And it's important to note, I'm looking at our last annual report, 70, 77% of our residents are diagnosed with a mental illness. 
77% of, of the individuals that you're working with. So, and then you had this challenge of trying to get them to the Bronx or these other parts of Connecticut. When I, shout out Dr. Stephanie Lynham. You don't know who I am. I'm Tommy D. Hello. Nice to meet you. If you're watching, if you're not watching, you should. Um, but it, it's that sort of, uh, I, 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 for lack of a better term, one stop shop, which is totally the wrong term, but all the services provided for these individuals, what's more efficient than getting the mental health services in the community where you are versus having to whatever, get on the subway, get on the trains, you know, get rides, right? That's, I think, critically important. 77% of your folks that are having, look, I, I don't know, I have been told one in four individuals will have a mental health situation uh, in their lifetime. Now, look, let's shout out everybody. Just listen up. I am not clinical. I'm not a doctor. I cannot say this within reason, but I will tell you this. I know a lot of people and I would say those statistics are wrong. So one in four, I think it's more like 3.9 in four or four in four. I think we all have challenges. I know it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go out on a limb with all my designations and degrees that I don't have. We all have mental health challenges at different points in our lives, whether it be trauma that we grew up with, whether it just be things that happen in our lives or things we created in our own world, you know, whether it be addiction and whatnot. But I think those all roll back into the mental health conversation, which is, you know, if you listen to my show, September 21st will be uh, 12 years. I have not had a drink. And I say back to the mental health, much of that is related in a lot of our scenarios. Shout out to Dr. Larry Grubler, who was the second episode of this show, Transitional Services for New York. Vince would might be a good connection at some point. Uh, they serve 4,000 individuals in the five boroughs of New York City with mental health issues, residential, respite, et cetera, et cetera. We need support, Larry said. He goes, Tommy, we all need support at different times. And that's why I can say with all the certainty of someone who has never studied this, 100% of people have different mental health challenges in their life. If you want to challenge me on it, you know how to find me. Just tell me you're wrong, Tommy D. I'll say I'm right, and that'll be the end of the conversation. But, Vince, I, I mean, 77% of the individuals you're working with have these challenges. What a great asset to have this woman on, on board in, in the organization there, day in and day out, to make this impact. No question about it. And let's think about this, Tommy. Since March of 2020, that has skyrocketed the needs for mental health treatment across the country. I mean, the pandemic then took hold and people were then struggling with isolation. And this is people of all ages that were then doing things, seeing others, interacting, um, now working remotely, now not. And so what that did is certainly not just for our veterans, but across the entire population that has then you know, resulted in a, a much, much greater demand for mental health. I, yeah, I wonder, we're going to go to break in a second year, you know, but I, I, as I'm listening to you talk about that, I think the pandemic brought this out more, brought more awareness. I think the pandemic affected people, obviously, in a negative way. But uh, so, but I think maybe that's also one of those silver linings of this. And I, it's, it's tough to say when millions and millions of people lost their lives and their health, but this is one of those things that as a result of us seeing it or people experiencing it, it's become a everywhere I go now, Vince, people are having a conversation about mental health issues and people need mental health services versus only two, three years ago. It wasn't like that. I, you know, there, there was this stigma around the conversation. I always get this. I, I'm going to go long, but I'm going to stop because we got to go to break. But the, if I break my arm, Let's just say, I hope it doesn't happen, but if I'm leaving down, walking down the stairs to the attic later on today and I fall and break my arm, I go to the urgent care, they're going to take an x-ray, and no one's going to look down upon me other than, you know, Tommy, maybe you should walk more slowly when you're leaving the attic, right? Huh. But when I have other challenges mental-wise, there's always been this stigma around that, and we need to end that stigma, and we need to show compassion and love for people, and I need to get off my soapbox really quick because we need to take a break. So, Vince... I know that conversation is important. I know it's important in this country and on this planet, and we need to continue to address it, especially in our veterans community. When we come back, let's learn more about the programs, maybe a day in the life of some of the participants, some of the impact stories that we can talk about. Um, and and I, I'm just so glad you're the first one. Sh I, you know what? Shout out. Dylan, hold, the, hold it right. We can't take a commercial break yet. 
if Dino Varelli doesn't introduce me to Bob Kozlowski, I never meet Vince Santilli. And Dino was introduced to me from a woman named Deborah Shames, who I haven't even spoken to in years. But all of that, that's connecting. That's what it's about. It's about those links. And it's about being the nonprofit sector connector. That's what it's about for me. I got to stop here. I feel myself very excited. But Vince, thank you for being the first guest in July for this series for, for the veterans for the next uh, five weeks. We'll be right back. Commercial break. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Cut through the static. Listen to your boy, listen to your boy, get really pissed off for greatness. And I like that. I, I totally ripped that off from a guy we used to work with, but pissed off for greatness because you know what? I'm angry, but I'm angry with intention to do something about it. And this month it's get organizations on this program so you all can hear about them and what the work they're doing in the veterans community. So in addition to three facilities in Bridgeport, Homes for the Brave has a clinical program, a vocational program, walk in drop-in veterans, veterans Service Center with computer classes, job prep, workshops, life skills, and on and on because we're supporting those who have supported us and, and given me the ability to act like I act and dress silly as I sometimes do and decorate my attic. Like that's like, it's because people have gone out there and I know I will address something really quick. I know there is a lot of strife and challenge in this country right now. And we are polarized in a lot of ways. And I'm not going to discount that it's important to be aware of, but I shot a quick video this morning and I said, we need to be compassionate and love and care about each other. And let's try and find a way. My friend Lisa said, You know, this country is an experiment, and it certainly is. And sometimes in experiments, things don't always go exactly the way we want it to. And sometimes things don't go good. And let's just be honest. What I'm asking is that if we focus our compassion and love, and those four dudes or those four chaps or those four guys from Liverpool told us many years ago, all you need is love, all you need is love. That's it. That's what we need to do. I know that's that's not all you need, but if we start there, that's really going to be helpful. Vince, these individuals that come to you, they need services. I want to know about the services that they're getting, talk vocational, life skills, et cetera. And we talk, um, we talk about the addition and the growth of the organization. Let's, let's, let's dive back into that. Okay. Well, talking about individuals and what happens is a, a gentleman or a woman moving into either one of our male or female houses uh, within the first 24 or at most 48 hours, they will, of course, be uh, taken in by their case manager and, and really will get a feel for where they are, where they're coming from, where they are hoping to go. At that time, our vocational specialist will also meet with them. 
and then say, hey, you know, what have you done? You knew, you know, you're going to need to. And this is, of course, for our men and women that are available to work. I mean, they're not on disability. They're not way past working age and that type of thing. And so it might be, what are you looking to do? What have you done? Even going all the way back to high school. Did you work in a local stop and shop or here or there? Okay. Are these the types of things you're, you'd be willing to do in order to get back on your feet and generate an income so we can then help you save, set up a budget, okay, generate a security deposit, et cetera, et cetera. So some of that, Vince, if I interrupt you a sec, some of it is, it's, and, and I wrote this down about Waldorf House. Waldorf is, is transitional, correct? Or is that permanent? Waldorf is permanent. It's permanent. But some of the stuff, some of the other, the, the original home, it, these are transitional. We're trying to get, you know, to come in, maybe the wrong word, but like a triage type of situation. Somebody needs help. Somebody needs support. Let's get them what they need, but then help them grow on to where they can go and how they can help and, and continue to help others. And then they'll probably serve other people as a result of them improving their situation. Absolutely. And for for instance, in our male and female transitional house, the average stay, it's 90 days up to a max of two years. The average is much closer to the 90 days. In the men's house last year, and of course, this year just ended yesterday, theoretically, so yes, we're calculating those numbers. But last year, the average stay in our men's house was 135 days, and our female transitional house was 102. So that's great to know, too, because that's great from a, sorry to cut you off, but from a donor perspective, this isn't a thing that we have to now fund an individual for an extended amount of time. We're going to get them set, get them what they need, get them the services, vocational and or otherwise housing, help them with budgeting. Right. And then that that individual moves on and makes room for us to serve another veteran. So when you're speaking to donors, that's got to be an important part of the conversation. No question. And because when you think about the fact that, so a, a, a man or woman then moves in with us, They might have been living, they may have been coming from incarceration, they may have been living on the streets, they may have been just evicted from their apartment, okay? They may be a a, a young woman with a child living in a vehicle in the dead of winter in the freezing cold. Yeah, well, we know we're here in the Northeast. You don't want to be, you know, in that scenario, you don't want to be in that scenario ever, especially, but the thing that gets me too, and, and we don't know everybody has an individual situation to even say just like veterans at large is not, we have to address each individual. But so we don't know why that woman ends up with a child in the car, but stuff, it, because this is a family show and I already said pissed off stuff happens, stuff happens. Right. So we have to be supportive of that. And you don't want to be stuck in a car, you know, in, in a dead of cold winter up here in the Northeast with, with by yourself, forget about what a child. So, so, um, Ahead, so Tommy, we do nothing cookie cutter. So every so we'll sit down with that man or woman and say, okay, what are you looking to do? Certainly employment-wise, or maybe there's benefits out there that they were not previously aware of that we can get them, help them with that application. So you'll help them navigate some of that because they are entitled. There so I, I wonder this because I, I've met veterans who who are living on the street and I've engaged with folks and I've tried to help in in whatever way I can through relationships and connections. And as I understand, there are benefits that are available that people just don't know about. So this is not, we're not trying to beat up on on the the VA or, or the government or anything like that. Although sometimes maybe when I say, if it wasn't for these nonprofit organizations, who does the work, maybe I'm taking a little jab. Maybe I am, but I, because I believe so much in the nonprofit sector. We, I, those of us in nonprofit would rather all these problems be solved and then we don't have to run nonprofits and run events and have galas and stuff like that, right? Because then all the problems are solved. But we, we do this because they're not solved by someone else. So navigating, achieving or, or, or accessing those benefits is not, it's daunting, right? It, it's not, so it, they need support some folks in that regard. Well, yeah, and it's very easy for, these men and women that have served our country and then also they get a pile of paperwork shoved in front of them and just throw up their hands and and just kind of give up and so we're there to help them through that process we're there to help them to find employment we have a spectacular record with finding employment opportunities for our men and women we're two years in a row and we'll find out very shortly how we finished last year 
but two years in a row over 80% placement rate of our eligible veterans. And it might be, hey, what are you looking to do? And we just had one of my favorite stories and you know, is that we've had a 53-year-old gentleman move in here a little while back and they said, geez, what would you like to do? Well, I always wanted to be an EMT. And so we said, for real. And so we got them into a training program for EMTs right here in Bridgeport. And they passed the program. They became an EMT. They were doing really well. And so guess what? The company then looked at their background and said, wow, you, you know, you were an Air Force veteran. Wouldn't you know, Tommy, that individual is now serving as an EMT and he's a medevac pilot. So when people get it, so, so he's then flying the helicopter and this is just incredible. And this is at 53 years old when this process started. We're 53 years old. Nah, you're too old. Oh, no way, Vince. No way. Right. That's it. 53 is, is like, that's young. You know, especially when you're 44, you say it's young (laughs) because you're staring at it real closely, but like the, the, we can, you know, we can continue to evolve. We can continue to make an impact. Now that individual you're talking about at 53, what an impact they're making serving other people and 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 now that doesn't happen without your organization being the catalyst right think about that helping saves lives helping save lives paying taxes contributing in so many different ways to this community and so these are the types of things that you know we're we've had women coming out of the female house and earning college degrees and coming into professional careers and so forth and so on, raising their kids, educating their children. And so these are that's what we exist for. Those are the things that get us really fired up. And so this is, you know, so nothing's cookie cutter. We, yep. we, we just look for those opportunities to get our folks plugged in. We have a great partnership with Housatonic Community College. They have a magnificent president, uh, Dr. Dwayne Smith. We are partners with them. We had three of our veterans taking courses this past semester, everything ranging from advanced manufacturing to medical to writing courses and so forth and so on, because education is a big key to helping our men and women then be able to climb that ladder. Well, because we got to go to a break, but because we all as, as humans want to make an impact, do something in society. And that often comes, be, comes through our vocation, our career, our job, whatever that is. So when you don't, when an individual doesn't have that, there's so much lacking. I see that in a lot of the organizations I work with who serve the intellectually and developmentally disabled individuals with IDD, as we say. And I see, you know, shout out to the corporate source. Michael Kramer has been on the show out here on Long Island. They hire uh, and employ 400 individuals with IDD and in, in real jobs you know like well-paying benefit jobs that 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 these individuals are making an impact and feeling better i also feel inclined to shout out my friends at the spirit of huntington art center where i sit on the board because they have an artworks program for individuals with intellectual developmental disabilities and the reason i do all those shout outs gang is so you say hey tommy d introduce me to those people remember that remember that you talk about this so that's why i i sneak in these little connection opportunities Vince, we didn't get into the three new buildings, the three new properties. We're coming back from a break in about 90 seconds. We come back. Let's just hit hard with the three properties, what that looks like. Then we're going to move that. I think it's a perfect segue into the future of the organization. You said you have events coming up. I want to talk about all that. And uh, I always wanted to be a game show host. So we call that the lightning round. So when we come back, we'll do the lightning round. Uh, Vince Santilli, Tommy D in the attic, right back. Philanthropy and Focus. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us.
Pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. All right, we're back. Show is called Philanthropy and Focus. The host is called Tommy D because I talk in the third person sometimes. I call myself Tommy D. All right, so I'm, I'm sharing the website for Homes for the Brave. Vince, I see all these these accolades. I'm going to stop sharing so it's you and me back on the screen again. But you know the uh, the Connecticut Post, the Bridgeport Patch, uh, News Eight, WTH, WTNH, Homes for the Brave getting $1.5 million for renovations. That's from June 13th, which is two weeks ago. Um, you talk about this annex that we, you know, in, in downtown. So let's let's dive right in. The new buildings, and then let's get into the future of this organization, what you need, and, and events. Well, first off, thank you to Governor Lamont. He was here in our backyard on June 13th, announced the $1.5 million that we will be combining with 600000 from the VA to put an elevator and make 12 of our beds into private rooms with their own restrooms. The annex, we had the grand opening last Wednesday, June 22nd. And that is just a suite of offices in right in the uh, thick of downtown Bridgeport in which we will be able to provide individual and group therapy. We will have um, an outreach case manager from here that will help then veterans in the community, not just veterans, but for the first time in our history, be able to serve veterans and their family members, spouses, children, individual and group therapy, group meetings, even an emergency food pantry in that location. So we are just thrilled to have it. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then on March 21, we opened the first of two houses in West Haven, Connecticut. These are for homeless male veterans rather experiencing homelessness and uh, the first one was six beds open March 21 and within two and a half weeks it was already filled the second one we are striving to open we have VA inspection scheduled for July 11th so we're hoping in mid-July we can begin accepting veterans into those eight beds as well and both of those are within the just a few blocks of the VA Medical Center in West Haven. So I think they'll be in great demand and enable our veterans to get treatment, whether it be physical, mental, right at the VA Medical Center. That's awesome. I just keep growing and stuff like that. I wrote down some notes and it was something I was going to close the show with, but I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, We all need support at different times. I'm thinking about those 120 days, 132 days statistics that you talked about how, so what a shot in the arm it gives folks to, to really get the support they need. Here's what I challenge everybody to do. We're going into a weekend where we, we celebrate this country. Uh, I challenge you to reach out to somebody you haven't spoken to that might need a call. I challenge you to reach out to somebody that, you know, if you're on the subway, if you're walking the street and you see somebody, connect with them. Maybe you see somebody when you're walking through New York City or Bridgeport who might be uh, homeless. That's a person, gang. Connect with that person. Get a little uncomfortable. Life, I tell my kids, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. The rest is just like practice. Get a little uncomfortable. I've been in, I, I've been in those scenarios, you know, and, and yeah, sometimes it's scary to engage with somebody like that, you know, but that's a human being. You don't know their story. Connect with people. Make that impact because you will change lives. Um, it's coming to my from my heart, and I had to say it, Vince. It's one of these things. I didn't plan it, but I, I got to put that message out there. I feel it's important to do. Um, I want to know. Uh, first of all, you got to let me know this July situation when that home's going to open up. I want to be there. I want to be there for the ribbon cutting. If I if I can be there, I want to be there because. Not for not for Tommy D, not for me, but I want to be I want to shoot a whole bunch of videos so I can tell a whole bunch more people about what you're doing and the impact. So so I want you to tell me that. But tell me about events coming up. Well, 
here's the big one for us, our signature event. And this is our step out for the brave. So this is something that started eight. This is our eighth one. And it started very modestly. We're folks running up the steps at the minor league baseball stadium here in Bridgeport, which is now an amphitheater. Who's the team? Who was the Bridgeport team? It was the Bluefish. The Bluefish. Okay. Right. So they played the Long Island Ducks and so forth. Sure. But at any rate, we had the event the first year had 86 participants, you know, raised $16,000 for homes to the brave. Now this last year, we had 681 participants. We do it virtually. So those were across 17 states. We are kicking it off on Saturday morning, August 6th, right here at the University of Bridgeport, just a couple blocks away. Is that on the website, Vince? Is that like that, how do we... is, on the, that is on the website. All right, we'll share that. I probably could count on my buddy Mick Collins to share that on uh, Facebook for everybody. But the website, which I shared during the break, Vince, call it out for me real quick, just the, the website. Homestedofbrave.org, www.homestedofbrave.org. That will be... We would love to have you here, Tommy, for that kickoff. It's a Saturday morning. You take the ferry right over. We're just a few blocks away from the ferry, and it's going to be big. I mean, Port Jeff, the Port Jeff Ferry. Yes, sir. That's a nice ride. I've, I've done that ride, and that's a nice town on both on our side for sure. On the Long Island side, Port Jeff is a nice town to, to start that trip in for sure. Yes, indeed. And so that is a big event, and for us, that it, that could now be a six-figure event this year. It has been. Hold on, it was a sixteen thousand dollar event when it started. Now you're looking at it's a six-figure event. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Talk about, talk it will be hosted by Alyssa Ray Tagley of Channel Eight here in WTNH, and she does. She hosted last year. Does a spectacular job, and we are so fortunate for that. And then we have so we have a cornhole tournament actually. So cornhole players in Long Island. We have a beautiful so, facility in Sports Trumbull here. We'll have a cornhole tournament on, it'll be the third one we do. It'll be on Saturday night, July 9th. And then in November, we have a kickathon where karate students from area schools throw as many kicks as they can in 90 <laughs> minutes. Two weeks after that, we will have a mini golf tournament where folks play a round of mini golf inside a beautiful ballroom and then have a spectacular surf and turf dinner. Surf and, and turf and mini golf. That is, I love that. That's yeah. <laughs> and in fact, Bob Kozlowski has created and chaired that each year we've had it. He does an amazing job. If I ever told you how much that grosses and nets for us you'd fall off your chair that your hat would fall off it would. <laughs> and, and, and and so you know we're really we have a, a comedy night in march or april this year it was and each of the professional comics are u.s military veterans so we drive mm. we drive the company we work with crazy because we say no they they, they have to be great but they have to also be u.s military veterans and wow. what an incredible show we had over 300 people in the ballroom for that and they just saw a great show and had most a- of that stuff is in bridgeport that's where you do these events all the in, in bridgeport stratford you know in our surrounding towns here but within this you know but the wonderful thing about the step out tommy is it's virtual so people then are at the kickoff or don't have to be at the kickoff. And then they have the next eight days after Saturday the 6th. So they have 6th through the 14th to take as many steps as they can in honor of the up to 40,000 or up to 40,000 or more. Last year's winner, I think, did 312,000 steps. I, I remember something, Vince. You know, when Bob Kozlowski came on this show with Lonnie Sherman last year, it was like right up against when that event was coming up. That's and right. I remember, you know, now Bob is like, he's a marathoner, right? Or tri- is he a triathlete too? Yep. He, so, he so, my, yeah, so my big mouth was like, oh, Bob, you know, I'm going to do a whole bunch more steps than you. So I'm not going to say that again on this show. Yeah, but good luck. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But I, I do want to know more about getting involved with that that event uh, this year. Um, I, I, I want to leave folks with some wise words from Vince Santilli. CEO, Executive Director of Homes for the Brave. Vince, give us your vision in how we support you and veterans. Well, Tommy, people can get involved in so many different ways. They can volunteer here at the house. They can do a job prep workshop. We have life skills workshops every Thursday that rotate between nutrition, wellness, daily living skills, financial literacy, 
So they can help us in so many different ways. They, they can have a, a toiletry drive in their own little town, okay, and, and deliver this stuff to us. They can, of course, support us financially because, you know, in a sense, cash is king and we've yep. got to keep the wheels turning. And we know there's room on the bus, room on the team for everybody that's listening today. I love it. I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're my friend, Vince. I'm thrilled for, for knowing your organization. Thank you for serving our veterans because they served us. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks for kicking off the Veterans Month here on Philanthropy and Focus. I want, you to, um, I want you to find something for me to do over there. And that's not your job, but I, meaning like I want to do a day of service up at Homes for the Brave. So I want to come up. Um, I certainly, you know, um, uh, look, I, I've painted the basement with my two sons at an organization called the Waterfront Center in Oyster Bay. Um, my son and I worked at a rescue for dogs and we picked up poop. So we're not better than, than doing anything. You don't want me doing electrical work. You don't want me doing carpentry, but picking up poop and paint on a wall. But that's probably not the poop thing is probably not necessary. But the thing that might be opportunities for you and if there's something, if there's a volunteer day, I want to be involved with it. We, we believe me, we will put you to work, Tommy D. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Famous last words. I got to do a couple things to close up the show real quick. People say, I go to meetings, I go to network meetings. A lot of people say, I wear a couple of hats. Well, so do I. So we're going to switch to this cowboy hat and a red cowboy hat because I am Tommy D. What else would it be? Next week on the program, the Warrior Ranch Foundation will be here. Eileen Shanahan will be here. And I'm going to read something right off of the notes I have. Through horse interaction, Warrior Ranch provides a safe haven of health and well-being for veterans, first responders, and horses in need. Our veterans and first responders are taking their own lives at an alarming rate, and it needs to stop. There are over 100,000 unwanted horses in the U.S. Warrior Ranch rescues. Then this in the U.S. and the Warrior Ranch rescues retrains and repurposes these horses. Eileen Shanahan will be on the show with me to continue this incredible month that I'm just so excited about to continue to shine a light on veterans-based organizations. Vincent Tilly, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody checking in. Thanks so much. Make it a great day. Bye. Thank you, Tommy. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? 
Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 